Hello and welcome to How Many Geese. I'm Jack Baddams. And I'm Roddy Shaw. And if you're looking for a nature podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously, then we are the natural selection. On today's show... One of the only things on the page about nonsense rats is saying we don't know why it's called the nonsense rat. The game's rules get made up as we go along, but damn it, we stick to them. Instead of having a jaw, they have a funnel-sucking mouth lined with teeth. Bring in that weaselly thing. What do you do? You live in a tree? I love it. Look at the goat. So, last season, we kicked it off with an absolute bang with the people's champion, Pablo Escobar. Yeah, (laughs) we did. Now, if you haven't listened to that, go back and check it out. It is an insane story about a black bear which, wandering through the woods, stumbled upon, was it like $18 million worth of cocaine? Yeah. Ate it all at once, immediately died. Like 50 kilos worth or something like that, wasn't it? An insane amount, absolutely obscene amount of cocaine which had dropped out of the sky Carrying on from that, this isn't a a revisit of Pablo Escobar, though Mm -hmm. I'm sure we will, because for those who don't know, there is actually a movie in the works, so obviously invite us, movie people. But looking around, I was thinking of other animals which may have perhaps caused damage or through want of eating wound up consuming something they perhaps shouldn't have. Right. We're in India. Okay. And I'm going to introduce you to Cash Rat. (laughs) (laughs) Cash rat. Cash rat. Okay. <laughs> That's not... Sounds like a rapper. It's not like, yeah, it's not a rapper. It's not the place in India. This is... And it's not even what the article called it, but I am christening this individual cash rat. Cash rat. Okay. Now, cash rat. We're in Tinsukia in mm-hmm. the northeastern state of Assam. And the story of cash rat is far briefer than Pablo Escobar. But right. it's going to be our launch pad to the world of rats. Okay. And Cash Rat, there was an ATM in Tinsukia, which had been broken for a month, Right, wasn't working at all. People were lobbying with the officials, like, can you come and fix this? What is going on? And they were like, no, 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 it works with the remote checking. Everything looks fine. Everything, It's not working. It's not working. The CCTV is not showing anything. It's not working. They came, they opened the ATM up, and inside, <laughs> they found 1.2 million rupees. <laughs> shredded and eaten and one dead rat <laughs> and for those, i'm guessing that this was cash rat this is cash rat and for those not up to speed on uh, their foreign exchange mm. this is the equivalent of eighteen thousand us dollars wow. or thirteen thousand sterling huh okay this one individual rat had torn and shredded and just eaten till it was stuffed full of so paper. So it had it had eaten them. It had eaten them. And that's what had died eating just, money. Just cash rat. <laughs> it's a, I think cash rat is a metaphor for our obsessive chase for money <laughs> and what it can do when it consumes you and you consume it. Exactly. In some kind of twisted yin and yang, yeah. you know, dog chasing its own tail eventually collapses in on itself yeah. and you die in an ATM <laughs> a rat alone in the heat yeah. so like I said I tried to find a bit more about but really like there's just not as much to it as Pablo yeah. Escobar but we can learn a bit more about rats so what mm. do we know about them there are between depending on what you read yeah. uh, 56 to 68 known species of rat because okay. I wanted to see if I could find which species of rat this was but there's there's little out there aside from literally this rat's economic damage on this one ATM. <laughs> okay. And more than 22 species in India. Okay. Now, very confusingly, those 56 species, mm. and I think the other going up to 68 are including ones which have gone extinct or haven't been recorded for a while. So I think it's 56, but there have been 68. Okay. Are just in the genus Rattus. Okay. So there's no... You've just got the one genus of rats, and that accounts for all rat species in the world. Yes, but also no. Great. My yes. favourite kind of <laughs> favorite kind of biology. Because more confusingly, the term rat and mouse don't actually really mean anything right. taxonomically. Is that because you get things like kangaroo rats? And- exactly. Yeah. So I'm sure everyone can picture a mouse slash rat. And basically, there's one specific group, which are the 56, which are like the official, inverted commas, rats. Right. Outside of those, it's just, is it a big mouse? Right, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Stick rat on it. Okay. (laughs) Okay? So it doesn't actually mean anything. But the family that they're in, the mice and the rats, also Mm -hmm. includes gerbils, hamsters, all of that in this group called the murids. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And do you want to guess how many species of those there are? Are in the mice, rats, gerbils, hamsters, uh, 56 rats. I'm going to say 224. 1,500. Wow. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> they are the largest family of rodents and the largest family of mammals. Huh. So if you had all of the mammals represented on some kind of dartboard and you just chucked a dart at it, you're more likely to hit a mouse slash rat than anything yeah. else. There's huh. more of them making up mammal diversity. Wow. I think the second group is bats. I was going to say, I thought bats was pretty high. Yeah. yeah. I think they're second to these murids, which okay. are um, making up this massive diversity. And within that, the term mouse and rat, it's a bit of a free-for-all. Right. So is it is it a case of, because it's the same in birds with pigeons and doves, like there's no such thing as a dove and a pigeon... Like we just we just tend to call the smaller, cuter pigeons doves, yeah, or, or the whiter ones doves. Well, I, or whatever. I think it's the same again with frogs and toads. Yes, right. I think yeah, it's I think like, you're right. If it hops, it's a frog. Yeah. If it walks, it's but that doesn't. What does that? Yeah. Mean. Yeah. You know. And then uh, there are there's the group Bufo, which are the the true toads. I think yeah. they're the official. Bufo, OG Bufo. toads. They're the, yeah, 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 yeah. Coming at you with the <laughs> yeah with the hippity hop. But well, that's no, the frog. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what they're not coming at you with. Um, I want to give a special shout out at this point. Of those 1,500 species, one of them is called the nonsense rat. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'd never heard do, of. Do you know why the nonsense rat has achieved this name? No, no, very little on it. One of the only things on the page about nonsense rats is saying we don't know why it's called the nonsense rat. <laughs> <laughs> it's endemic to the Nicobar Islands, right? which are kind of between Sri Lanka and Indonesia. Mm-hmm. They're a weird chain of islands there. Weird chain. They're a lovely chain, <laughs> I'm sure, to all our listeners in the Nicobar Islands. We know you're listening. Yeah. We know you're They've got. In. They have got a very nice pigeon. Speaking of pigeons and doves. Have they? The Nicobar pigeon oh, yeah. is delightful. Yeah? Yeah. I wonder if it hangs out with the nonsense, right? Could well do. Best friends. Yeah. Yeah. And so... You know, again, sort of exploring rats and what else is out there. One of the big things, of course, they do is chew. Yeah. And rat teeth are beyond insane. They are right. incredibly strong. But more interestingly than just how strong the teeth are is their bite. And this was in a proper, as you were, academic article. Right. Is basically the most perfect rodent bite. So they don't ah. just have strong teeth, yeah. which depending on where you look have been known or proven to chew through right. definitely plastic, okay. definitely timber, definitely aluminium, mm-hmm. very likely soft concrete. What? <laughs> and reported as going through brick and cinder block. What? Yeah. So thinking back to Cash Rat and how he got in there, Cash Rat, man. there's very little that can stop them. Isn't there a... It's a really horrible ancient method of torture where they put a rat in a bucket, yep. like a metal bucket, yep. and then strap the bucket to Ooh. your stomach or your chest. And then they, this is classic medieval stuff, and then they put a lit flame mm. under the bucket Mm-mm. so it starts getting very hot for the rat. Oh, I don't like it. The only way it's getting out oh, no. is by tunnelling through your body. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Well, I mean... No problem for the rat. It could. Yeah, no problem for the rat. <laughs> the, the the material, the enamel on their teeth has been ranked. Do you know the, the Mohs scale? I'm not familiar with the Mohs scale it, of ranking teeth. <laughs> no, where it ranks hardness. Oh, so okay. at, at ah, one okay. end you've got talcum powder and at the other end you've got diamond. Right, got so That's the official softest and hardest thing oh, out there Okay. in terms of chemistry and all the rest. Rat teeth are put above copper and iron. So they're literally harder than metals. Whoa! In what they can go through. And talking about that bite, it's the kind of biomechanics of their head, how the muscles fit in and everything. What they were getting at with this perfect rodent bite mm. is they can gnaw with the front teeth. And I didn't know these are next two animals held this ranking. Right. But they can gnaw better than a squirrel. They can <laughs> chew better than a guinea pig. I didn't know those were the leading contenders Damn. in those two fields. But for, for anyone who did, they're now like, the, what? I'm Rats? <laughs> I'd always had squirrels as the gnawing champion, and you've just blown their mind. I know. I'm sure all those um, guinea pig chewing <laughs> fans, enthusiasts at the, you know... They're rocked. Yeah, 2020 regionals we had in <laughs> Sussex <laughs> have had their minds blown to think that a rat... All you got to do is take a rat to that competition dressed up as a guinea pig. Just give it like a little perm. Home run. Take it there. You've won it. Smashed it. 
Biggest rat? Do you want to take a guess at how big it is? How big is the biggest? Right. And also, yes, I think I know. When we're now saying rat, we're in the the loosey goosey rat world of just is it kind of a big mouse stick rat on it? Right. So this biggest rat isn't in that like platinum club of the fifty six <laughs> official ratus genus. Yeah. This is anything with the given name within rat. the the murids. Mm-hmm. Anything with the given name rat. So I was going to the realms of what the Daily Mail classes the biggest rat <laughs> when they're like huge rat invasion yep. of London with rats the size of you know the rats the size of cats is the classic thing but I don't actually think there are rats that big so I've got its weight okay so I'm gonna say it weighs around what's a bag of sugar one kilo well a bag a, a small one's 500 grams and then a the bigger one 1.5 Four kilos. What? Which is house cat size. And it is, unsurprisingly, the large bamboo rat. <laughs> Jesus. It, literally. So they're, I think, up to and possibly over a metre in length. And they're four kilos in weight, which is house cat. What? Well, it's actually bigger than the cat I have. It's approaching Damn. the spaniel that was five kilos. So like, Maybe the Daily Mail was right. This the large bamboo cats have invaded. The large bamboo cats. Ra- if this large- is how big the large bamboo rat is, I <laughs> dread to see how big the large bamboo cat is. The large bamboo dog is truly terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously a lot of superstition around rats, and you've mm. included them as a, as a means of medieval torture, mm. and they kind of skulk and they're in the yeah. dark. But that isn't always the case. Going back to India, I'm sure, Jack, of all people, you're familiar with the Karni Mata Temple. <laughs> I've never heard of it in my life. Well, I was like, should I say face and be like, oh yes, I'm, but yeah, mm, it's my favourite temple. I hadn't heard of this earlier, um, or before reading this, but it is also known as the Temple of Rats. Okay, let's play. How many rats do you think live in the Temple of Rats? Bingo. Yes. How many rats live in the temple? Mm, One point two million. <laughs> okay <laughs> underwhelming Twenty-five thousand. Oh, <laughs> i was debating i was debating like seven hundred thousand or over a million it's twenty-five thousand. that's a lot of rats in one building that's a lot of rats. in one building yeah that is a lot of rats. Twenty-five thousand rats um, i didn't know how big the temple was that's true i could have been you, a very large temple i gave you absolutely nothing to go yeah, off there you know that's the rules of how i was thinking like taj mahal you get a lot of rats in there <laughs> It's a bit smaller than Taj. Um, there's 25,000 rats live in this temple. Okay. And it's believed that the rats are sacred. The legend is that a um, god back in the day was uh, sort of praying for reincarnation, denied, 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 and eventually mm-hmm. got it and was told not only will you be return as a rat, but all of your sons and sons' sons and all, kind of the whole chain coming back yeah. as rats. And they're all in this temple, chilling. And worshippers bring them food and water and sweets. The rats are completely free to have the run of the place. Mm -hmm. If a rat runs over your foot, very lucky. Ooh. Very, very lucky. Right. If you stand on a rat... Oh, dear. Very bad. That that is bad. (laughs) Which I think is a very dangerous game they're playing there. (laughs) In terms of... Well, it's just the difference between being on top of your foot or under your foot and you're walking through a room with 25,000 rats in it. Yeah. It's you're taking your fate into your own hands. It's it's not just unlucky if you stand on a rat and squish it, but oh. you are then indebted to repay the temple with a either silver or gold solid statue of a rat. So huh. any rat which gets squished is immortalized. The squisher but the rats don't care about that. Rats haven't got clue. The rats right. would just like some more crackers. They're just... They're like, they don't, yeah, they don't want a silver and gold... Oh, look, Kevin's got a silver and gold statue of him. Yeah, have you seen Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that silver <laughs> statue look like Keith? I haven't seen Keith in ages. Um, I wanted to have a quick check yeah. um, up on my Indian geography, okay. as we all do all the day, mm. to see if Cash Rat could have possibly come from this temple are they could have been around the corner yeah who knows spoiler alert not around the corner right <laughs> <laughs> the Karni Mata temple distance to the scene of the crime right 2760 kilometers wow literally as far apart <laughs> in India as you can pretty much get or 51 hours by car <laughs> 
Or, given that a rat's top speed <laughs> is eight kilometers an hour, it would have taken a rat from the Karnimatha temple no less than 212 hours going full pelt across the subcontinent of India to break into this ATM. So I think we can safely say that Cash Rat was not a sacred rat. But have we considered... <clears throat> With the amount of expendable income that Kashra has at his disposal, <laughs> that he's not chartered a private plane from the temple <laughs> to take out his savings. Yeah. <laughs> Jet setting. Well, we said Kashra is like a rapper name. Exactly. Yeah. He's just living a baller lifestyle. Exactly. Jet setting around India to temples, getting milk and crackers. And then heading off to ATMs and just stuffing his face with rupees. With more money. Yeah. Yeah. Someone really needs to make a gold or silver statue of Kashra. I know. Outside yeah. that ATM. <laughs> In trying to immortalise him, mm-hmm. I want to, and thinking about Pablo Escobar, I wanted to try and find individual animals which have been reported as causing a lot of damage. Okay. Now, it's a lot harder than I kind of thought, yeah. given that a bear's eating a load of coke and a rat's broken into an ATM. That's setting the bar quite high. I sort of thought there'd be a bit more out there. Yeah. Very difficult. That was until I found saviour of this segment... Radio 91.1, KHAK-FM, the finest country music station in Iowa. (laughs) Which as well, as running a raffle for some rodeo tickets, had recently asked its listeners if their pets had caused any damage. God bless. Thank you, Iowa. Saved the segment. (laughs) In fact, while I was was getting this, I tuned in to listen to them. (laughs) That's that's the level of research we do on this podcast, everybody. Exactly. Iowan country music radio stations. And they were they were running with a segment. I tuned in, press play on my laptop. Mm-hmm. They were running a segment called Guess That Joe. <laughs> I thought, that's enough. <laughs> Thanks, 98.1 KHAK Radio. Um, but with this listener segment there had been an awful lot obviously most of it was about pets which had eaten this eaten that an awful lot of dog v cat in terms of who taken the top spot both one and two are either both a dog or both a cat so do you think dogs are the more destructive Uh, or cats are the more destructive I think hmm, I think I think I think dogs can do more damage yeah I thought that as well but (laughs) we forgot how sneaky cats are that is true yeah (laughs) Uh, this cat for this poor couple caused forty thousand dollars worth of damage what? to their house. What did he do? They'd close it in the laundry room at night, so it would sleep in there. That's right. where its bits were and all the rest. Yeah. And they woke up in the morning, swung their feet out of bed, put them on the floor, and everything was sodden. And what the cat had done was it had not only turned a tap on in the night, but it was like a swingy tap, and it had pushed the tap over the, the sink. sink. It was just straight onto the floor. So had just left the hot water running. Oh, my God. All night, they had to replace all of their flooring. <laughs> Jesus. And the heating bill. That's the, that, that is like so cat. Lock me in the laundry room. Yeah. You'll be sorry. That's what I mean. I thought a uh, dog's going to have eaten something. Yeah. But then you forget how petty a cat is likely <laughs> to be. <laughs> and they said apparently when the husband in the morning got up and like opened the door to the room, the cat was just sat looking at him like, <laughs> Really? The laundry room. (laughs) This is where you see me, Kenneth. Um, Jesus. And the other one, a lady had come in from working in the garden and her cat again looked at her dead in the eye and she'd left next to the sink her diamond necklace and it just knocked the diamond necklace down the plug hole. Now... You're just asking take, for it. But yeah, but also just take the U-Bend off. You've got your necklace back. So <laughs> we don't know how U-Bends work in Iowa. That's true. Maybe they. Maybe it's in some random alternate universe. They have I-Bends. W-Bends. No-Bends. Oh, uh, yeah. O-Bends. Just straight down. A-Bends. O-Bends. Just goes round in a circle. It's like those silly straws. <laughs> just goes way until it goes down into the sewers. Plumbing's different there. <laughs> yeah. But because I couldn't find much on individual animals if anyone does know an example of an animal an individual animal because you can get stuff on you know whatever some horses got out of a zoo and yeah. did this i want to know an individual like a flamingo which of with a vendetta on something <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know that animal did that damage i remember as once doing when you did the baboon fight mm. i'm trying to bring this back now there was a baboon in south africa in a city 
a cape baboon. I think it was called Fred or something like that. And that was uh, basically learned how to open car doors as when, and was conducting raids. Yeah. When cars stopped in the traffic, it was opening the car door, jumping in, grabbing food. And uh, fantastic, like yeah, basically. I do remember that doing now, roadblocks. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost the opposite of the fight segment, right? Yeah, it's like which individual animal has caused havoc on humanity. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm looking for. But it was difficult finding individual animals. But we've mentioned these in the past, and of course, invasive species mm. have a real impact. Yeah. Now, a Nature article, Nature as in the publication, not the genre. Um, <laughs> but for those out there, Nature is like the preeminent, it's like the top scientific journal mm. for nature writing and yeah. all the rest. So if it's made it to Nature, this is... It's very well-respected science. Heavy-hitting stuff. A Nature article in 2020, mm -hmm. so quite recent, published a roundup in trying to calculate the economic damage to the globe caused by invasive species uh -huh. in the period 1970 to 2017. Okay. So their data collection was up until four, well, five years ago now, mm -hmm. over a 40-year period. Okay. Almost 50 years. And they estimated, or calculated rather, that the minimum global economic damage okay. caused by invasive species was at least 1.28 trillion US dollars. Christ. And at the time of writing, so this is 2017, they were expecting the annual average damage amount from 2017 onwards to be at least 162 billion each year. Yeah, only like going up. Wow. So 2017, they estimated, given all the work we've done, we're guessing that this year yeah. is going to be $162 billion worth of damage. We're now five years after that. So year on year. Oh. I mean, what is that? Elon Musk could stop Knotweed yeah. for one year <laughs> yeah. and then he's bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, unreal. Wow. That's insane. Now, the damage, it can be in many ways. In the case of things like rodents, they can cause damage in actual property damage, yeah. right? And then it's looking at insurance claims. But the figure also included money that was needed to manage them, if there mm -hmm. were management programs. So right. just how much money is either being spent on this thing or does that thing cause in damaging stuff yeah. itself? So number one, the top spot is... The mosquito, the Aedes mosquito. Uh, this obviously has a massive footprint yeah. in health. And it's malaria. Them being a vector for disease is the issue. So they're the top spot, and their footprint yeah. for that 50-year period is 150 billion US dollars. And remember as well, these are minimum estimates yeah. because it's based on reports. Obviously, that's kind of biased. A lot of those reports are coming out of America, the mm. UK, Australia, these you know, countries which can fund such research and have that data on hand so this is minimum right because these animals are going to be causing damage in other countries that we just don't have the data on yeah for sure so the mosquito 150 billion dollars worth of damage second place it's not just rats it's the og rats oh uh, the rattus <laughs> the rattus the rattus the rattus which include the brown and black rat mm. which are the rattiest of the yeah. rats and they the, the rats that we have in the uk mm. both of them i believe are non-native species Really? Yeah. Wow. From mainland, they're introduced from mainland Europe. We're not supposed to have rats. We're not supposed to have rabbits. We're not supposed to have hares, apart from mountain hares, which are native, but all introduced from mainland Europe. Wow. How would the mountain hares have got to the mountains without going through? Well, it's all to do with the um, the land bridge and us yep. being a attached to mainland Europe about seven, eight thousand years ago. End of the ice age. The ice sheets melted, flooded that gap. But mountain hares, because they're a relatively cold-adapted species, would have probably already been here in the Ice Age. So they would have been living here when it was locked in the ice, whereas your rabbits and hares would have been further south. And then by the time the ice sheets melted and closed off that gap, the mountain hares were locked into Britain already, and the rabbits and hares didn't make it. And then I believe we think the Romans introduced them. So they've been here for a long time. Oh. And yeah, and rats have been spread Everywhere. All around the ships and all... You know, Every continent have, except yeah. Antarctica. Yeah. The classic. Yeah. You know. And they're coming in at 60, 70 billion dollars worth of damage yeah. they've caused. And that's just in damage costs. So that does that's literally just actual damage caused by rats around the world. They can chew through electricity cables. Yeah. They can start house fires. They can chew through brick. They can cause floods. They can chew through anything and everything pretty much. 
well, you, I know, if you're yeah. being tortured in the 14th century. Well, I know the RSPB have recently, so they, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they own the island, they certainly help manage the island of Gough Island, G-O-U-G-H, I don't know if it's Go Island or Gough Island. It's in the middle of the sea somewhere, and it's an amazing place for seabirds. Yeah. Got rats on it. Rats were eating the eggs yeah. and the chicks of the seabirds. They spent £2 million on dousing it with basically uh, bait, yeah. poisoned bait to kill the rats. Rats hadn't been seen for years and years and years. It was held as a massive conservation success story. Only a few months ago, they found the first evidence of rats still on there. The, the, yeah. the rats are still... It was hailed as one of the... A, a very expensive but great success story. And once the rats had been removed, the seabird population has gone back up. And yeah. it's like, great. If it, as long as we're careful, the rats will never get back here. But they have just sighted a rat and they're going to have to start the whole process again of trying to erad- eradicate them. Eradicate, eradicate yeah, them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of them. Yeah, and there were a number of examples of that, of islands for bird colonies and all the rest which have managed to eradicate rats. But then you've got places like Hawaii and all of these incredible locations where, yeah, they're just... New Zealand. Yeah, decimating the place, right? Um, but I think even off New Zealand, because like where the Kakapo, that island where the Kakapo is, they've got the rats off it. Codfish so, Island, yeah. yeah. But lastly, as damaging as they are, I did want to end on a, a good story for the rats, our ratty friends. Mm. And have you heard about just how good a rat's sense of smell is? No. Okay. So to give you a breakdown here, our noses, everything's noses, mammals' noses, have receptors in them. Those different receptors pick up different molecules, right? Yeah. The receptors are coded for by genes. Yeah. Therefore, the more genes you have coding for nose receptors, the, the more, more no- molecules, noses. the more stuff you can pick up. Got you. Right. Science lesson. Boom. Yeah. Humans have around 650 to 900 genes coding for what we can kind of smell with our nose. Mm-hmm. Dogs, the estimate is 1,300. So dogs are kind of double yeah. us. And dogs are always held up as the gold standard of being able to smell. Yeah. Rats have between 1,700 and 2,000. Right. So they're Whoa. 50% to almost double at the top end. Yeah. A dog's sense of wow. smell is what a rat can pick up. And there is a Belgian non-profit called Apopo, A-P-O-P-O, which found that African giant pouched rats were better at sniffing out TNT than, it says, for some very strange reason, both humans and dogs. <laughs> Always thought humans were great at sniffing out TNT. <laughs> but what they've done with this is they now train the rats to detect landmines. Whoa. Because not only are they cheaper to keep, cheaper to train, cheaper to transport than dogs. Of course, yeah. But, and better at it. Yeah. But crucially, really, really, really crucially for landmine work, is they're too light to set off the landmine. Wow. So with a dog, you might lose your dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sending your mastiff out into a landmine field. Yeah. But working with the rats, they train these rats in Tanzania and then send them to countries around the world. Wow. Oh, and the, the rats are too light to set them off. So now we're looking at Cambodia. Mm-hmm. has an estimated 2 million landmines in the country, right? Now, to give you an idea, for a human to clear a tennis court-sized bit of landmine, to check it all to see what's there with a metal detector, Mm -hmm. it would take that human between four to five days. And it might be the last thing they ever do. And it might be the last thing they ever do. For a rat to do it and be too light to detonate anything, a rat will do that same area in 20 minutes. What? And find what's there for you. Wow. They do it, they set up a grid, so imagine a tennis court, Uh and then imagine every metre of the tennis court, there's a wire going across the tennis court. Right. You've got the rat on a leash. Ah, so the rat doesn't run off like the dog would. You've got, you tie the leash to the wire, and Mm. the rat goes along the wire, and if it stops and sniffs a mine, it will give a little scratch, Mm -hmm. and the human will then write, like, horizontal line three, ten metres in. Yeah. Detected. Okay. And you kind of go up the thing like that. The rat goes across, you hook it to the next line, it goes across, you hook it to uh, the... So it works in a kind of grid yeah. working along the tennis court with the human taking notes God, of where you're they all po- I mean, then think, you- think of the trust you're putting in that rat to, like, note down where the landmines are, and then you've got to step out there and remove said landmine. Hoping that it didn't miss any between A and B. Hoping it didn't miss any, but obviously they're not doing, because it's been... 
you know, a successful project. In 2020, Magawa, Magawa, M-A-G-A-W-A, Magawa, the rat, received the PDSA Gold Medal Award. Now, to put this into context, in the UK, we have the Victoria Cross, which is like the most gallant medal you can get for services to the military. There is an animal equivalent of that called the Dickens Medal, right? Is that the kind of thing that pigeons in the World Wars have pigeons been given? And and a like lot that? of pigeons in World War II got it for delivering messages. Yeah. The Dickens Medal is the highest animal military award. Mm-hmm. The PDSA Gold Medal is basically the civilian <laughs> animal equivalent of that, right? So it's for non-military <laughs> yeah. services. It's the highest award an animal can get. And Magawa the Rat in 2020 was the first and thus far only rat oh. to ever receive this. He sniffed out in his career 39 landmines and 28 unexploded bits of ordnance and munitia. He's the first rat to ever receive this award. He's seven years old, works 30 minutes a day, and is near retirement. And if you Google this, if you just Google rat medal, you'll get it. Is there a picture of him with his little medal? Oh, there is a picture of him with his little medal. So So he's got... He's a very cute rat. He's got big ears and he looks quite smug with himself as he's got a medal tied on a harness around his body. It's a tiny little medal. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's it's like fingernail size. Yeah, so they've made obviously a little small one for him to wear as well as a larger one that I think is a, uh, you know, keeper's got and owners. I I think he looks very proud of that. I think he's I think he looks splendid as the first rat to win this award. Yeah. Um and the last thing on these amazing mind-detecting rats is they're now finding that they can detect tuberculosis in people. Wow. So, rats. Rats. God bless them. God bless them. What would we do without them? I don't know. I think we should all take a trip to the temple. This literally just in off the press. Yeah. As we finished that conversation and I went to find another picture of Magawa the rat and his little medal. Sad news from Apopo. Magawa the rat sadly passed away in November just gone, 2021, at the grand old age of eight, having retired. Um, and then we, that's RIP, yeah. very sad. RIP, very sad. But, but what a life lived. What a life. And just to clarify, on the work that he helped the organization clear in Cambodia, he cleared more than 225,000 square meters of land. The people are phenomenally grateful for the incredible work he's done. And a figure here on how many he found, he found more than 100 landmines in his career. What a guy. So... That figure of 39 I said earlier, possibly from a much older article, either that or in his last year, he absolutely cranked out a shift. <laughs> smashed it. <laughs> in finding 61 more landmines <laughs> in that final stretch, working 30 minutes a day. But um, yeah, you know, God bless you, Magawa. Yeah, this one goes out to you. All right. It's time for that part of the show where we take one of nature's magnificent creatures and we pit it against Roddy Shaw in a fight to the death. Now, today's animal has been suggested by Jack Waldy on Instagram, and it is the sea lamprey. Now, lampreys are an ancient lineage of fish, which is long and thin and resembles an eel in body shape. The sea lamprey can reach a length of 1.2 meters, weigh up to 2.3 kilograms, and is found widely across northern and western Atlantic Ocean, the shores of Europe and North America. They're a bit like salmon in that although the adults live out at sea, they have to travel up rivers to spawn before subsequently dying. Once the young hatch from their eggs, they then spend a few years before metamorphosing into a form that allows them to migrate to the sea before they start the whole process again. Now, weapons. At the business end of the lamprey are its most formidable tools. Instead of having a jaw, they have a funnel-sucking mouth lined with teeth. And I want to show you what this looks like. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously hell on earth. Yeah. Jesus. It's straight out of sci-fi. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just row upon row of concentric fangs leading into the absolute abyss. <laughs> it's like, you know, when Jack Sparrow fights the Kraken yeah. and it like opens its mouth and there's just teeth going in and in and in. And like in the in. Sarlacc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, so thank you. Lampreys are also known as vampire fish. 
as they use this suction cup mouth to attach to other fish where they then bore into the skin with their sharp probing tongue and keratinized teeth. A fluid produced in the lamprey's mouth, called lamphrodin, prevent the victim's blood from clotting and then that victim typically dies from excessive blood loss or infection before the lamprey will move on to another host. Now, I assumed that they would be so specific to fish that in the real world there would be no danger to humans. But then I read this line that said, Although attacks on humans do occur, they will generally not attack humans unless starved. So, Roddy Shaw, our sea lampreys are very much starved and out for your blood. And the question is, how many sea lamprey are too many sea lamprey? Right. Okay. So it's a water one. It is a water one, which are always interesting because obviously the easy answer is one million in a desert, right? But we're not doing that because the game's rules get made up as we go along, (laughs) but damn it, we stick to them. Okay, first question. What clots your blood? Cholesterol? Does that do that? Can I have a high cholesterol (laughs) diet during this fight? Can I counter their... I have no idea. Lamphrodin. Lamphrodin. I don't think so. No, I, I don't think that like, can be countered. Eat well. What's it going to like? Smoke heavily <laughs> while while fighting them <laughs> to just <laughs> make sure I don't bleed out. High coagulation. Yeah. Right. Moving on. It's got to be in water. They can survive in pretty shallow water when they come up into the streams to spawn. Yeah, it can be really quite shallow. Do they come into streams in the UK? Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. Get them in okay. the UK. And they sort of, when you see them on big fish, they bite and they just live off the blood and... Yeah, they like attach basically and yeah. suck onto it. And then how much do they weigh? Up to 2.3 kilograms. Up to 2.3 kilos. With a length of up to 1.2 meters. So they're sizable things. I always thought they were much smaller. Right. Okay. Right. Quick calculations here. Yeah. Apparently, humans have about 8% of their body weight as blood. Okay. So I have 7.2 kilos of blood. Right. Now, what are we doing with this? I haven't quite worked it out. But if each one of them is two kilos, yeah. then three, but then you don't eat all of your weight in a meal. I don't no. sit down to a 90 kilo meal. <laughs> but in this world, maybe they do. So I need right. to beat four, lamp, four lampreys. Before they can... But I can definitely beat four lampreys. You can beat four lampreys. They're so... They've got nothing. They're just blib, blib, blib. <laughs> They'll just bore into your skin. Yeah, no, I don't want that. I need heavy... They're very, they're very highly camouflaged as well, depending on where you're fighting. If you're fighting them in a stream, yeah. very slippery, yeah. like, like an eel, and very well camouflaged against the stones and things. Maybe I've got very grippy hands. Like I've been rock climbing. I've got chalk Ooh, on my hands. Yeah. And that, but then Calloused. In, in this, yeah, calloused. I have calloused hands. Yeah. Hard hands. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working as a bricklayer for the past year. Right. So this is post my bricklaying gap year. Yeah. That has prepared me <laughs> with hands that can grip anything. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter how well they try and slip through me. We know that I've got 7.2 kilos of blood. Yeah. That's what they're after. Right. That's the bounty. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be doing it somewhere shallow. I'm going to give them knee deep water. Okay. Anything over that. Yeah. It's too their no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll compromise <laughs> yeah. on knee deep. Okay. They're, they're after your shins. They're attaching to your shins and your feet. They're attaching to my shins. When they attach to you, they are in a position where you can then grab them. You know, they're going to be easy to grab once they've attached. They're quite long. Is there a way you can tie them together? But then when they've attached to me, haven't they bitten me and put the lamphrod in? So then if I rip them off, don't I just bleed out? Like a leech. Yeah, exactly. But I like your lamprey slippery nunchuck idea. I was just wondering, because they're so long, is there a way of tying them together and then using the lampreys against the other lampreys? Lamprey bunting. (laughs) (laughs) I've finished off my bricklaying and I'm moving into events. And the bricklaying school was one side of a knee-deep stream and the event school is the other side of the knee-deeps. In walking through this stream, the lamprey are coming for me. I have experienced heavy calloused hands. (laughs) I am looking at... I've got bunting workshop in 20 minutes. (laughs) I've forgotten all my supplies. I'm like, shit, where am I going to get bunting workshop material? Suddenly I look down, there's a lamprey on my shin. I can see the others wriggling in the rocks. It's like, here we go. Yeah. Right. 
how how much bunting is good bunting like <laughs> a rope with one flag that's just a flag yeah, yeah. that's not bunting i think you need at least five meters before it can be considered bunting so i need five meters of lamprey which is five which is five lamprey much. which is one more than i earlier worked out would have all of my blood weight yeah so five five so five lamprey Five lamprey, we make lamprey bunting, I have strong calloused hands to grab them, and it is exactly the one I need to beat in order to cancel out the the amount of blood I have. Imagine turning up at the twee little bunting workshop <laughs> with your shins pouring with blood and these devil creatures <laughs> from the depths of the underwater abyss and tied cam- together <laughs> in bunting form. I am here. So we've had a question from Patrick Fox on Instagram. Patrick wants to know, quite topically, quite pressingly, which animal should be the next James Bond? So let's think of the qualities for a good Bond. Yeah. Suave. Yeah. Deadly. Yeah. Looks good in a tux. Looks good in a tux. Gotta look good in a tux. Loves a martini. Yeah. <laughs> That's the brief. Yeah. Great. Which animal falls into those categories? A raccoon. <laughs> I don't know. Is a raccoon? Is a raccoon a bad shout? Can like get anywhere. Yeah. Got lots of tricks up its sleeve. Yeah. Will like a martini because it will eat anything. Well, that's where I was coming from. Yeah. It's like the least. It's not suave. Black and white vibes. Yeah, but tux like. They're, I'm chucking bumbling into the mix as well <laughs> okay. with a raccoon, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I have seen them fall off things yeah. on videos many times. Yeah, i tell you what a raccoon would be. A raccoon would be Johnny English. Yeah. That okay. comedy bond, yeah. raccoon, all okay. day no contest. We need something attractive. Are we going to do like the bird bond, the mammal bond, the... No, I think we just, I think we just, you know, there's only one bond. We've got to cast one animal. As the next to take the mantle from Daniel Craig, I'm gonna I'm gonna work through a few though. Thinking oh, about oh, yeah, the different yeah. groups, Let's right? Spitball it. Birds, magpies are in my running. Ooh, yeah. That's pre, like inbuilt tuxedo. Yeah. Um, Smart. Very intelligent. Yeah. Oh, they'd have some good. You know, Bond likes his little one-liners. Yeah. They'd have some good retorts for the bad guy. Yeah, thank God magpies can't speak because <laughs> walking down the street, you'd just be harassed the whole time. Yeah. I'm almost ruling things out like bison, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're the Bond henchmen, or the, the bad. Oh, they're the villain's henchmen. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yep. Yeah. I've got ferret. Ferret? In my... Maybe yeah. a bit too literally weaselly because you want it to have mm. that bit of kind of hench. It needs a bit of... I, I think you need to have... When you look at it, you need to go, oh. You look at Daniel Craig, you're like, oh. You look at Pierce Brosnan, mm. you're like, hmm. Mm. A magpie, I think you look at a nicely lit magpie, you're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. You look at a ferret, and, you know, I'm not getting that. I know I know what you mean. It sounds like anti-ferret propaganda, but <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, this is just how the movie industry works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, baby, but this is how it works. Hey, look, we're looking for someone who's got a little bit of huh, you know, a little bit of huh. And I look at you and I go, man. I don't go, huh. You're gonna be a star, kid. You're gonna be a star. You're too much of a weasel. You're out. The magpie, I love him. Yeah. Bring in the magpie. Get him back in here. Something swore. I mean, in all these questions, we like to rule out the great apes. Yeah, and in this one as well, not that I'm ruling it out, but like. Big cats are so loaded with sex appeal and suave. Yeah, it's unfair to like. There's oh, like a panther. Like yeah, a, yeah, all of that, right? I mean, mm. panther would be a good one. Yeah, a melanistic leopard or a jaguar. Yeah, they're very. Idris Elba has very panther energy. Yeah, right. They're just yeah. one. I mean, didn't he voice like Shere Khan or something? Oh, he, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. The tiger. Yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. like. Yeah, That's yeah. how close big cats are to actually yeah. the conversation at hand, right? So okay. we're skipping them. Nothing in a farmyard except... <laughs> do you ever see, like, a big horse? Uh, I, like I, I, proper, I have seen like, big like, horses. Like the, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, the, like, the ones that, like, pull plows and yeah. huge shire like horses. Like a shire horse, yeah. Yeah, they can, they, they've got power. They've got a little they got bit presents. Of, yeah. They have got presents. Yeah. I don't know whether I'm getting the Bond vibe. Yeah. Uh, from a Shire horse. 
I think it's going to be quite a solitary, stoic animal. Yeah. It can't be a reptile because they're literally reptilian and yeah. James Bond is not those characteristics. Yeah. If it was, unfortunately for the reptiles, the closest we're getting is a monitor lizard, but it's not It's not. They're working. always going to be the bad it's guys. Too, they're always, it's, I'm really yeah. sorry, team reptile. It's definitely not an amphibian. No, bless them. There are no suave amphibians. They're doing... I'll tell you what they could... An amphibian could be Q. Yeah? I can see a frog making gadgets. Yeah. Do you know? It would be like a red-eyed tree frog or something that can climb up the walls and And be like, look, Bond, I made you some suction cups. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, okay, if we're doing this, the Shire horse is M. Okay, yes. That's right. A big, huge... You walk in the office, it's just... There's no room (laughs) for files. It's just somehow someone's put a whole horse in an office. They've actually built the office around the Shire horse. (laughs) (laughs) All the bad guys are reptiles. Sorry, Team Reptiles. Supported with bisons who are the muscle. Yeah. And I keep coming back to magpie or... magpie. Or eagles are very stoic-y, pleasant-y thing. The other couple things I've got, because we're talking about solitary animals, I've got like, because going through them, like big cats out, dogs, I'm not seeing it. No. There's, they're too pack, they're too yeah. too friendly to be bonded. Yeah, too friendly. That's a key thing, I think, is it's got to be, it's got to be sort of sullen. No great apes, no big cats, no dogs. Next down the list, you're into mustelids, mm. which we've said we can't have weasels at the other end of the spectrum you've got wolverines which are literally cast in another role yeah. from another franchise so it can't be a wolverine yeah famously yeah then you've got badgers which have the black and white energy too too family orientated yeah all of the big otters are it couldn't be an otter a anyway. pine martin could be a pine martin pine martin could maybe a pine martin Pine martin. nimble going through the trees yeah you know packs a punch when it's hunting things Got its little rotatable ankles. It's a bit of a gadget. Yeah. I but, think from a mammal, it's definitely not going to be anything with hooves. I'm just kind of doing eliminate. Like, it's, there's no deer or antelope which is going to do it. They're no. out. There's no pig thing. They're out. One of those big, like a. I know I said no hooves, but like the big fucking mountain goats. Yeah. They've yeah. got presence. They've got presence. They're yeah. really quick and nimble over different terrain. Yeah. They really pack a punch. Yeah. And you look at them with their big horns and it's like that there's sexy energy. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. getting ladies. Yeah. That's true. Like a mark or <laughs> Yeah. 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 And when they stand on the top of the They're cliff, very proud. Like, boom, yeah. proud. I think Yeah. I think I'm going for a, a my my three yeah. are big mountain goat thing. Yeah. I haven't exactly narrowed that one down because there's a couple and yeah and we don't know enough about them and uh, yeah when things have hooves you and i drift our attention (laughs) our attention wanes um one of the big mountain goat type things i think a mark or yeah is in my head yeah pine martin Mm -hmm. and a magpie Magpie. m is a shire horse locked in a building that's been built around it to imprison it (laughs) and q is a red-eyed tree frog having the time of its life uh and a panther is like the obvious one. Is like the obvious. That's yeah. when the Hollywood exec is like, it's too obvious. They, they'd guess it. They'd see it coming a mile off. We can't have the panther. we got to think out here. we got to get a new audience involved. Bring in that weaselly thing. What do you do? You live in a tree? I love it. Look at the goat. Get the casting director in here. And we got a magpie. He won't leave. Can't find any of my jewellery. Who knows? I think, yeah, I think what the magpie's got over the others is it's got that. It's got that sat. It's got that quick. You know, I can't yeah. see a the pine martin or the marco coming up with the quips that a magpie would. No, in in order of quipping, it is magpie, <laughs> then pine martin, a bit of a distance behind, yeah. and the goat. The, go- is, <laughs> the goat doesn't even know. The goat. The goat thinks of its comebacks like three weeks later in the shower. The, it's just like ah. The goat is the de facto like Hollywood hunk who it's, just is completely Jason vacant. Jason Statham. Yeah. Exactly. No, not even Jason. So, like the cartoon, you know, in um, have you seen Scott Pilgrim versus the yes, World yeah. and Chris Evans yeah. in that? The kind of Hollywood hunk who just doesn't have a clue. Yeah. That's the goat. That's the goat. Yeah. It's like um, Rainier Wolfcastle. Yeah. From the Simpsons. <laughs> it's like him. Yeah. The goat has very 80s action hero energy. Yeah. The goat could do Die Hard. The, yeah. The goat would have been cast as James Bond four decades ago. Yes. 
But the, now we want a bit more nuance. We want to get behind the character. We want someone who can be a bit troubled and tortured. The goat was uh, Sean Connery to mid-80s Bond. <laughs> yeah. The Pine Martin is mid Eighties, yeah, is Brosnan. Yeah, it's kind of oh, we're going to be a bit sassy. We're going to oh, what's happening here? Yeah, and the magpie because it's got that kind of hidden danger energy. It mm. will eat an apple out of your hand, but it will take your eye at any minute. <laughs> yeah, that's the modern, that's yeah. the modern Bond. Thank you for listening to today's episode, which may have included, in no particular order, gorillas fighting sharks, hedgehogs which have learnt to skydive, or maybe that thing we found out about seals which can juggle. (laughs) Yes, to peel back the curtain, as we record these outros, we've got no idea what you've listened to, because we basically get together of a weekend and record all of it in one go, edit it, then mix and match the episodes. Um, So we've got no idea what you've listened to, but we hope you enjoyed it. It is a really nice sunny day outside at the time of recording, and we have opted for the good of our fair listeners to lock ourselves in a small room, (laughs) gazing out at the sunshine, and discuss whatever it may be. But thank you all very much for listening and for sharing. We're still seeing the podcast grow, and we're really, really enjoying it. But I'm afraid it's time for us to be very awkwardly British um, (laughs) and announce that we have set up Something that, if you feel so inclined, you can donate a little bit of money to us. Listen to the change in our voices (laughs) as we awkwardly navigate the world of donations. Yes, Jack and I do love meeting up to do this. We think that meeting up to do this adds something to the show. And we really enjoy meeting up to record this for you. And Mm. as part of all of that meeting up, I keep mentioning there are a lot of train fares involved. (laughs) So if you would like to help out, we would absolutely love it if you could go to www.buymeacoffee.com for forward slash how many geese all one word um, we'll also put a link to that at the end of the description on the episode just chuck us anything you've got but if you don't have anything do not worry we're not going to make this you know exclusive or anything like that and it will just help literally support the cost of doing this in our spare time that's the deal do you like it yes yeah can you help out great if you can't no worries we're going to keep doing it so Thank you, everyone, very much for listening to whatever you may have just listened to. See you next time. Hooray. Bye. (laughs) 